was Trio Maximovich with a traditional Ukrainian folk song that is apropos for June, the month of weddings. And that was a song about a wedding between an unlikely pair of insects, a mosquito and a fly. And of course, it's not really about a mosquito and a fly, but there is a message there about uh, an appropriate mate being chosen for life. Again, the Trio Maximovich with Komarik. Dobry večer, šanovni radio suhači, ta vitanju vas vsih na radio peredaču Naš Holos, radio Krinskoho Korinja, katera podjeti vam jak svičajno što subote o šosti hodeni na bohatomovni radiostaciji AM 1320 CHMB u misti Vancouveri i pomereži PCJ Radio Mižnorodnomu. Pri mikrofoni Pavlina Makori, djakuju što rišale parabuta zimnoju na strupnu hodenu, ma mamo dužici kavi novene nasjuničnih protami. Hello there and welcome to Nash Holos Ukrainian Roots Radio here on AM 1320 CHMB Vancouver and in international syndication on PCJ Radio International. I'm Paula demchik Makori Pukrinske Pavlina, and I'm delighted to have you with me. We've got a great program lined up for you on Ukrainian Jewish heritage. We'll be finding out all about a special anniversary for our sponsor, Ukrainian Jewish Encounter. As well, we've got a little bit of a blast from the past and a story from the past, and that is the story of St. Vladimir's College in Roblin, Manitoba. So stay tuned for all of that. We've also got our usual proverb of the week, other items of interest, and great Ukrainian music. And coming up next is a Canadian group called Tut Itam, based in Saskatchewan. And here they are now with Kozatskia Vesilia, a Cossack's wedding. Редактор 
ke na pravo huya ya koza kvesia Tridu ke na livo, tridu ke na pravo huya ya koza kvesia Tridu ke na livo, tridu ke na pravo huya ya koza kvesia Tridu ke na livo, tridu ke na pravo huya ya koza kvesia Thanks to the foresight and generosity of its donors, the Taras Shevchenko Foundation has been investing in the future of the Ukrainian-Canadian community for over 50 years. Since 1963, the Taras Shevchenko Foundation has been funding initiatives that strengthen our Ukrainian-Canadian identity and enhance our Ukrainian-Canadian cultural heritage. These include fine and performing arts and arts groups, museums, cultural centers, education, as well as authors, journalists, and the Ukrainian-Canadian media, including this program. The Foundation strives to become the premier not-for-profit foundation in a Canada which acknowledges the Ukrainian-Canadian community as a fundamental component of Canadian society. Nash Hollis listeners are encouraged to support this vision through continued donations into the future. To apply for grants, make a donation, or for more information, visit ShochenkoFoundation.com. For over 50 years, Canada's National Ukrainian Festival has highlighted the very best in Ukrainian culture through music, food, dancing, and interactive family fun, featuring incredible bands and the very best dance groups from across the country. Don't miss this family-friendly festival in Dauphin, Manitoba, August long weekend. Weekend passes, day passes, and camping passes are all available. Order your tickets and get more information at cnuf.ca.
And now for a look at Ukraine's rich Jewish heritage, then and now, brought to you by the Ukrainian Jewish Encounter based in Toronto, Ontario. The Ukrainian Jewish Encounter, or UJE, is a privately organized multinational initiative launched in 2008. It's a collaborative project involving Ukrainians of Jewish and Christian heritages and others in Ukraine, Israel, and the diasporas. Its work engages scholars, civic leaders, artists, governments, and the broader public in an effort to strengthen mutual comprehension and solidarity between Ukrainians and Jews. On the line with me now to talk about the amazing achievements and progress of UJE's decade of existence is UJE's Director of Operations, Raya Shadursky. Raya, welcome to Nasholos. Thank you very much for having me. Now we've got, of course, UJE has been the sponsor of Ukrainian Jewish Heritage all these years since 2013, which I have to thank you very, very much for that sponsorship. Oh, more than welcome. We've been able to explore so much alongside with you. It's just been a wonderful experience. You have done incredible stuff, and congratulations on the 10th anniversary, which I guess just passed. Well, actually, we were incorporated in December of 2009. Okay. So officially, I guess you could say that our anniversary is December 2019. Okay, so then we're not late at all. No, no. (laughs) So this is a great milestone for you, and it's also a relatively recent development that's breaking new ground on quite old established turf on which which these two groups have historically lived side by side, albeit often not amicably. Well, you know, we tend to refer to Professor Magochi's one of his presentations where he said really the unrest was for about 25 years. And most of the rest of the time was living side by side, uh, sharing cultures, sharing food, and also sharing day-to-day life. And so how did that 25 years come to describe the whole time of our relationship, which goes centuries? Um, I think because it's the most recent time. It's in the 20th century and the 21st centuries. You know, during the beginning of the 20th century, also during World War II, also do the Great Terror. I mean, people who lived on the territory of Ukraine, whatever nationality, religion they were, they all experienced the same horrific atrocities that happened during Ukraine's history. And I guess that sharing of that is kind of what culminated into this desire to form a relationship, to understand each other better. Yes, because Ukraine, uh, in fact, did have one of the largest Jewish populations in the world prior to the wars. And so there is that historical link between the two peoples. So uh, tell us then, how did UJE begin? Well, it was a small group that got together. I think there were maybe five people that were involved initially. And they did reach out to academics at that time in 2008 and started to plot looking at the history and all the research that has been done since the beginning that we had research to look at the history of the relationship between the two peoples. And from that spawned um, all the various other projects that UJE has been involved in. Mm -hmm. Who were these people? Well, our chairman, James Timurte, also our co-directors, Adrian Kudetnitsky and Alti Rodell, and Beryl Rodell, who is a member of the board and the chair of the advisory committee right now. And in addition, there were several academics that were involved at the very beginning to look at this project. And they came together, thought this conversation needed to happen, and formed this organization for that express purpose. Yeah, I think it started to develop organically, Mm. because after the incorporation, then there was the establishment of, well, we had the board of directors, and then we had established an advisory board, and also an academic council. So then it started to grow, as I say, organically, Mm -hmm. and from that, various projects were spawned. Yes, and judging from your website, which is absolutely packed with great information, uh, lots of projects, uh, what are some of the current ones happening right now? The current initiatives right now, we're working on uh, a museum exhibit, which will be at the Royal Ontario Museum, the ROM. Ah. It'll kick off in December of this year. 
And as well, we're looking at establishing a remembrance site at Sambir in Ukraine, where the graves were taken care of that well, but now there will be a place of remembrance and it will encompass both peoples. And in addition to that, we have been looking at a number of publications that we have had. And the newest one, which I call an exhibit book, that looked at the history of Ukraine from antiquity to 1914. Mm -hmm. This book is an amazing book because it does encompass the history in a fast read. Yes, we actually reviewed the book uh, here on Ukrainian Jewish heritage. And uh, that is exactly what our reviewer said is that it is it's like an encyclopedia, but really quick, and you just get a a huge hit of of information. And also the other recent publication that we had Jews and Ukrainians, which uh, was written by uh, professors Maguchi and Petrovsky Stern. And that book has now gone into a second revision. Wow, and that's that's another one that's really encyclopedic, but an easy read. How many publications have you got? Uh, we, I'd say, about four that are of, of our initiative. Mm-hmm. Where we're not a publisher, but certainly when there is a need, we will look at assisting in the publication of books if they fall in line with our mission and vision. And also, we have held various academic roundtables. Mm-hmm that had looked at different periods during the history of Ukraine. And that information will be published very shortly. And as well, that will result in the establishment of a timeline where people can go on our website and be able to click into a certain period of time and find the history of that time. Oh, wow. That would be really, really helpful because it's a long history. Yes. And we also did one of our, I think, largest projects was the recognition of 75 years of Bab and Yar. Yes. And we had a one week, I think you were there. No, <laughs> unfortunately, I wasn't. I was there for the uh, the workshop series on genocide and propaganda. Yes. Oh, yes. That was another one that we held. So there are a number of, of conferences that we do hold that are UJE sponsored and also designed and managed. Yeah. And there's a lot of uh, restoration work being done in Ukraine right now of Jewish um, st- communities. The shtetls are, are gone, but uh, because the whole population pretty much was was wiped out, and so the not much of a relationship left because there aren't very many Jews there left. But the ones that are are working with Ukrainian locals, non non Jewish Ukrainian locals, and UJE is playing a huge role in supporting these projects in um, cultivating these these relationships and to try and restore or at least commemorate what what was once there. Right, right. And and Sambir is is the example of of one of the projects that we are involved in. But what we're finding is that um, people in the small towns or in the various villages and towns have joined together to start looking at honoring through either uh, rebuilding synagogues or taking a look at cleaning the cemeteries and Mm -hmm. honoring those who have passed away. So we're seeing a lot of of work being done jointly. Yeah, it's amazing that one small organization in Canada can inspire these, you know, get the ball rolling. And, you know, what five people came up with and, you know, how it expanded over a decade to really change a country, change perspectives, Yeah, and what we're finding, too, is when we do, because we also exhibit Mm -hmm. at various other events that go on. For example, the Ukrainian Festival in Mm -hmm. Toronto, uh, we have a very large booth there. And what we find is that there's a very large Ukrainian Jewish population in the city of Toronto. And that people go to the festival and they stop by our booth and they're totally interested in finding their history and also looking at the map to find their roots. Wow. It's just thrilling. And each year we're meeting new people that come through. Yeah. And then there are the various book fairs where we are promoting our books and other books that relay to the UJE mission. Uh, Our most recent exhibit right now is an exhibit at the Lviv Museum. And it's being exhibited there. There is the history based on the history of Ukrainians and Jews from antiquity to 1914. And there's even information there of uh, trying to bring that history up to date. Mm -hmm. 
and that'll be there till mid-July. And then it'll, I guess, stay there and maybe move around a bit? Yeah, we're hoping to have it travel to other centers in Ukraine. Yeah. But it's certainly something that was created and started during a project with the government of Canada, where we had a community exhibit developed that went to five cities across Canada. And it was very well received by both communities. Mm -hmm. That was the uh, Antiquity to 1914 exhibit, right? Right. And it's actually in Ukraine now. It's gone up to 1939. That's what Alti told me recently. So, yes. Yeah, so well, Alti's trying to build on that information so we can bring it up to present. Yeah, yeah. And we'll hopefully be speaking with her to get details on that now that she's back. <laughs> yes. Yeah. It's, and just, just, we're just scratching the surface here of, of all the fantastic work UJE has been doing. Of all the things in this, uh, the last uh, decade, is there like, something that kind of comes top of mind that that you're most proud of or that kind of stands out the most? I think what is top of mind is the fact that we're still here. <laughs> and that, I think, is the key, the most important factor of UJE, that we are looking towards the future. And there are, there are many, many other projects that we can get involved in and look at creating better history. Well, why is that a surprise that you're here, still here after 10 years? <laughs> not a long time, actually. <laughs> it's a great milestone, but it's not really a long time. <laughs> well, no, but it, it certainly is when you when you are looking at something from a historical point of view okay. that um, particularly deals in another country and it deals with the history in Ukraine. There is the overflow that's starting to happen of Ukrainians and Ukrainian Jews that mm. moved out of the country and looking at their relationships between one another outside of Ukraine. Well, that's interesting. So that's that's new then, and you know, probably inspired again a lot by the work that UJE started. So, so in mm -hmm. is Israel, well, there are a lot of of Jews from Ukraine and other parts of you know whatever it used to be called <laughs> before mm, before yeah. independence, right? So a lot of people call them Russian Jews, Polish Jews, often were from what is Ukrainian territory. And they possibly their ancestors even spoke Ukrainian. That's one thing that we do notice as well, is that the, the terminology is starting to change, whereas oh. before it was Russian Jews, and now it's Ukrainian Jews. Right. Particularly yeah. since the new president of Ukraine is Jewish. That, yeah, yeah. And prime minister as well. So. Yeah, <laughs> prime minister was there even before. Yeah. Yeah, and so that's also encouraging because it's nation building for Ukraine, which... I think probably might be why there was always so much outside interference, people trying to always drive a wedge between the two, yes. the two peoples. Yeah, but Ukraine is is a perfect example of being a twin sister of Canada mm -hmm. because it's so multicultural. You know, there are pockets of people who are of Greek background, of German background, a Polish background, even Chinese background, Turkish background. Yep. So it's a it's a complete multicultural country. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, well, thanks to UJE, we're, you know, able to uh, share with Nasholus listeners yes. the, the new developments. And um, uh, many Nasholus listeners don't have Ukrainian backgrounds or Jewish background for that matter. So I think they're probably finding this filling a lot of gaps in, in as far as history and understanding the dynamics of our global community. I know one of the most frequent questions that we get when we do exhibit at various events at CLES Canada as well, which is in Quebec, and in addition is the... Um, the Ashkenazi yes. Festival. Yeah, un unbelievable. The music, when you're there at the festivals and you hear the music and you say, well, that's Ukrainian music. Well, yeah. no, it's, it's cross-cultural music. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and um, I think what we're finding more and more is that there is better recognition of where Ukraine is, mm -hmm. whereas in the past it was very difficult for people to separate Russia, Ukraine. Right. And that's what we notice when people come up to us wherever we're exhibiting. They're saying, oh, is this where Ukraine is? Well, what are its borders? And they're, they're just fascinated by that. Wow. And don't realize how big the country is. Yeah. The size of France. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's neat to have all that feedback uh, when you're out and about. Will you be having any special celebrations for the 10th anniversary? Or are you just going to carry on doing your usual outreach and just making the announcement we're 10 years old now? 
Um, yeah, we're, it's very busy right now because of the two very large projects that we have. Uh, I think it's it's appropriate that the exhibit at the ROM, Royal Ontario Museum, will be kicking off in December, which is our anniversary date. That's a nice touch. Was that planned? <laughs> of course. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, sometimes they're not. Sometimes these things just happen. <laughs> Um, as I say, right now, we're just so engulfed in these two big projects. And because they're in two different countries as well, yeah, we are like a virtual organization because we do have membership on our board, advisory and academic councils that are far reaching outside of Canada. So it, it is a virtual organization. Yeah. Well, that's our world now these days, isn't it? <laughs> it is. It is. Yes. And small. <laughs> yeah. But it's very effective. Mm-hmm. Do you have any plans for the next 10 years or just, just carry on, keep on doing what you're doing? Well, actually, we are going to be taking a look at our future mm-hmm. and looking at where we've been, what we've accomplished, and what more can be done. So we are going to be doing that sometime in the late fall. Okay. Well, maybe we can chat again then. Sure. Yeah, and you can fill us in on on the plan for the next decade. <laughs> so congratulations again on the past decade. And, Thank uh, you. And many thanks again for the for the sponsorship and the opportunity for, for me. What a learning experience has been and the wonderful people that I've met, myself and, and our listeners vicariously. And we, we have met your listeners oh. at some of the events that we were at where people do come up and they tell us about Nashville. Oh, well, that's nice, Will. Very, very positive feedback. Well, it is it is a positive project. Mm-hmm. And again, it's been a, an honor and a pleasure to be doing it. And uh, thank you again and congratulations on 10 years of incredible achievements. And here's to 10 more years. Thank you. Thank you very much. I've been speaking with Raya Shadursky, Director of Operations for Ukrainian Jewish Encounter, Sponsor of this series, Ukrainian Jewish Heritage on Nasholos Ukrainian Roots Radio. And once again, extending kudos and congratulations on their 10th anniversary. I'm Pavlina, producer and host of Nasholos Ukrainian Roots Radio. Thanks for listening, and until next time, Shalom. Ukrainian Jewish Heritage is brought to you by the Ukrainian Jewish Encounter, based in Toronto, Ontario. To find out more about their work, visit their website and follow them on Facebook and Twitter. Transcripts and audio files of this and earlier broadcasts of Ukrainian Jewish Heritage are available at their website, ukrainianjewishencounter.org, as well as at the Nasholos website, www.nasholos.com. This is CHMB, AM 1320, Vancouver.
popular rendition of a song that is traditional for well-wishing. It is titled Nohayalita, which means many, many more years. And it is uh, sung at any kind of event or occasion that uh, merits celebration and congratulations. And so that is going out to UJE on their 10th anniversary year. And uh, may, may there be many, many more years of their incredible work. And earlier you heard a song by a klezmer group from New York called Golem, and that song was Train Across Ukraine, and uh, that is a song and a title that reminds me of some good times with UJE in 2015, taking a train across Ukraine a couple of times, across parts of Ukraine anyways, and also a trip with my family back in 2008, taking a train right across Ukraine from uh, Simferopol in Crimea that went all the way through to Lviv, a 25-hour train trip that was just out of this world wonderful. Again, that was Golem with Train Across Ukraine and Vatra with Mnohayelita, many more years. Човенки таец я серед води, плеще я вилю весло. Місячним сяї белюцати, мрія далеке село. Люба дівчино преди, преди, забудам дене ясно. Люба дівчино преди, преди. Zabudam dene je zlo, čoven povodi, vek je tu je svja, ko zapjučeni, vete tu je svja, čov tebe ti učeno, Pusta solo tenki, što mi se ljuba, i mele senke. 
profile from their second CD tribute to Ukrainian heritage and a traditional Ukrainian folk song about a rocking boat. Up next, more Winnipeg talent. This is Molodsi, a young group, or a group of young people rather, and that is the translation translation of their name. And here they are now with a traditional Ukrainian folk song, Yichal Yichal Kozak Mistom, a Kozak rode into town. Kozaks mi stompi, kopi tonka, min trisputa raz, dva lapi, kopi tonka, min trisputa raz. Pit kopi tonka, min trisnut, sobo veiko, hajus visnuta raz, dva sobo veiko, hajus visnuta raz. Свистнул соловей козаку балазо зубенька тарасла, козаку балазо зубенька тарас. Соловей куридей брате виклич мені дівчасхати тарасла, виклич мені дівчасхати тарас. Мені дівчат сказати, щось я маю їй сказати, Тарас, два, щось я маю їй сказати, Тарас. Щось я маю їй сказати, чи не била вчора мати, Тарас, два, чи не била вчора мати, Тарас. 
Nadia Kazimira is a former archivist at Library and Archives Canada and a contributor to the Ukrainian radio program in Ottawa, hosted by Irena Bell. Nadia has a keen interest in history and music in Canada. From 1996 to 2004, she was involved in numerous projects, enabling the development of Canadian content for the Internet. She grew up in Regina, where she attended university and eventually settled in Ottawa. She has two master's degrees, one in Canadian history and the other in international affairs, specializing in Soviet and East European studies. She also has an associate in music from the University of Saskatchewan. Nadia originally produced tonight's feature on Roblin Manitoba St. Vladimir's Seminary and Choir for Ottawa's Ukrainian program, and she and Irena have been kind enough to share it with Nasholus listeners. The inspiration for this feature comes from Nadia's fond memories of hearing the choir when she was a youngster, when they were on one of their concert tours to Regina. The history of Ukrainian church activity, Catholic, Orthodox, and Protestant, spends over 110 years in Canada. St. Vladimir's College was located on a 160-acre campus just outside Roblin, Manitoba. It is remembered as a Ukrainian Catholic residential high school and minor seminary for boys managed under the leadership of the Ukrainian Redemptorist Fathers for many years. Operated intermittently in the 1940s and early 1950s, then closed for several years, St. Vlad's was reopened with full accreditation in 1958 once provincial educational requirements were met. The college was most vibrant in the 1960s and 1970s when it could accommodate up to 48 boarders. In addition to meeting the objectives of the Manitoba High School curriculum, the purpose of the minor seminary was to first provide young men with a good knowledge and understanding of their faith and secondly, to enrich the students' education through a program of traditional Ukrainian choral music, Ukrainian dance, Ukrainian traditional instruments, and the annual spring concert tour, which went through various parts of Canada and the United States. From 1963 to 72, the choir was instructed by Dr. Pavlo Matsenko, the highly respected musicologist on Ukrainian liturgical choral music, who had completed his studies in Prague, and emigrated to Winnipeg in 1936. Ukrainian liturgical choral music was, of course, an integral part of the students' education at St. Vlad's. Every Sunday evening, the students sang the Vespers that you just heard, often with Father Petro Romanishin as the celebrant. These Vespers were recorded in the early 1960s as part of a two-record set, which also included the choral works for Holy Week services before Easter. In particular, Holy Thursday Prayers, the Passion Matins, Spivani Mulitve Utrini Strasti, and the Friday Jerusalem Matins, Jerusalemski Utrini Nehrobnui. Let's listen to a minute of the Jerusalem Matins, the Jerusalemski Utrini. Slava Sveti, Odno Istot, Neoživlajuči, I ne podilni trojci, nini poksja čas, i na vike vični. Amen. 
St. Flat's College was run by the Redemptorist Fathers until the early 1990s, when they decided that they could no longer be involved in operating educational institutions. Then St. Vladimir's College was operated under the Eparchy of Winnipeg, closed around 2004. What has happened to this property? In 2007, the Roblin and District Chamber of Commerce announced the sale of St. Vlad's College and the establishment of Continental College, an English second-language school for Asian students, but it is not certain that the deal was realized. And what has happened to the students of St. Vlad's? Some entered the priesthood, but many more continued their love of music through participation in Ukrainian choirs, such as Winnipeg's Husli, and closer to home, Ottawa's Choir Accord, where Danny Lega is a prominent member and soloist, whom we've often heard on this radio program. Волею положився в гробі плотію, і в ощаді нада Христос істний Бог наш, молитвами причистія своєї матері, святе славних висиквальних апостол, преподобних і боносних отець наших, і всі святе помилий спасет нас, як облаг і чоловіко любе. This feature on Roblin, Manitoba, St. Vladimir's Seminary and Choir was created and narrated by Nadia Casimira, a former archivist at Library and Archives Canada. She originally produced it for Ottawa's Ukrainian program, hosted by Irena Bell, who kindly agreed to share it with Nasholus listeners.
And that was the Hoosley Choir from Winnipeg with probably some members or graduates of St. Vlad's. And that song was a traditional Ukrainian folk song, Kolomeka. You've been listening to Nash Holos Ukrainian Roots Radio, our flagship show in Vancouver, which comes to you Saturdays from 6 to 7 p.m. here on AM 1320 CHMB on the radio dial and online at am1320.com. In between broadcasts, please visit our Facebook page and Twitter, as well as our website, where you'll find transcripts and audio files and a link to our podcast, and that is www.nashholos.com. There's a link to our Patreon site there as well, where you'll find playlists, proverbs, and other extra features for patrons and donors. I do hope you'll engage with me there and support the show by following our page or becoming a patron. I'd love to hear from you, so please send your suggestions, dedications, and requests. Your comments are always welcome. And our proverb of the week translates as the truth absolves falsehood for only a short time. Well, with that, we've come to the end of our program. So to wrap things up, we have the Ukrainian old timers also from Winnipeg and the Roosters Polka. I'm Pavlina, on behalf of all of us here at Nash Holos and AM 1320, thanks for listening, and Dobranich!
Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now.